Ultra. To Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze, criticize, and oh my god, this crane is out of control, we're all gonna die, is Spider-Man 3, <laughs> one baby Groot dancing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Joe Dorowski. <laughs> I don't understand the Groot reference. Oh, I'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Today, oh, yeah. we are <laughs> okay. talking about minute 33, which begins with MJ watching Peter leave with a shrug. And uh, ends with a photographer seeing uh, something that's causing him to double take at his camera. Boy, not sure what it is. What could it be? What could it be? <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, the uh, the baby Groot is uh, the his symbiote freezing when MJ turns toward <laughs> oh, it. Oh, whenever, whenever someone looks, yeah, it's exactly like baby Groot and uh, and Drax and Drax. Okay, is, now yeah. I got it. <laughs> is that the mid credit sequence or the mid like after credit? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. the mid credit and then the opening credits of Volume Two. Right. Yeah. I want to I want to hook something back to last scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday at the sometimes, end, sometimes the breaks aren't ideal. <laughs> uh, Peter Peter said sorry and walked off screen. And I timed it. There were two seconds left in that minute, and now two seconds into this minute, he enters fully dressed as Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's still putting Bastard. on his mask. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume there's some sort of uh, ellipses there of time that we're editing out. <laughs> but it's like it, it like we we watched it pretty close, and it seems pretty clear that like. She hears a noise of him stepping out towards the window, and he's changed. Right, and so we're focused on her for all four of those seconds. For those four seconds that we're seeing MJ's face, he's he's changed his outfit. Well, if he wasn't, was he wearing yesterday? If if he wasn't wearing shoes, and he had the the costume underneath his clothes. Yeah, so it's just shirt up, pants down. Right, (laughs) you could, you, I could believe, I could buy that. Yeah, but that does mean that he's leaving his ring in the. In like the coin pocket of oh, the for pants sure. that he's just leaving on yeah. the closet floor. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that's what's happening. It's- yeah. <laughs> don't go looking. Uh, it, remi- it reminds me of. Don't look uh, at my clothes. Don't look at my clothes. Jeez. Uh, it reminds me of like one of my favorite moments. Have you guys all played the uh, um, Spider-Man game that came out last year, the Insomniac one, the PS4 game? Uh, no, no, right. not a lot of PS. Whatever's fine. <laughs> it it rules. If you even just like watch like a, a let's play. Anyway, there's a bit where uh Peter and MJ are having a conversation. They're like they're eating food at her apartment and the there's some big thing that happens and he has to go like leave out the window and he like disappears and comes back fully suited up. And she just like stops him before, like he's about to do the thing where he like uh, heroic on my way and she like stops him. She's like, Did you just like leave your clothes all over my kitchen floor? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes Oh, uh, and then like just slowly walks backwards out of frame. 
<laughs> to go pick them up. And it's genuinely one of my favorite things. That's fantastic. I always thought Spider-Man movies have missed a chance for a really cool costume change sequence. I remember a YouTube video going around a little while ago of like a gymnast doing a flip on their bed and like taking off their clothes and their pajamas uh-huh. were underneath and like, Ooh, then, and and like doing a flip and yeah, yeah, pulling the sheet up one. over themselves. I feel like a flipping Spider-Man with clothes flying off in his costume on underneath is I mean, an opportunity is, like, that, that hasn't really isn't been that like a classic used. cover kind of image that you, yeah. you think of with Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. It's like we only get like uh, Superman riffs really like the uh, right. Well, in the first the first of these films, right? The, Richard I mean, the first Spider-Man, the problem, the that, problem yeah. is that like he, he can't actually wear that costume under clothes. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> because the collar reaches up. And... Yeah, well, and, and yeah, not just that, but it's just for means many the reasons. Co- the, yeah, the costume is. I mean, the, this thing costs like you know fifty thousand dollars, and it's <laughs> right. it's uh, difficult to get in and out of, and uh, it would just be the, the. I thought you were talking about in universe. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I mean, just literally, like, so, like, you know, it would be very difficult to be able to make that work in any mm-hmm. actual working fashion. I think. Which is why you you end up with him crossing off, uh, you know, right. uh, past MJ, and you stay on MJ's face, and then he walks back in fully, right. <laughs> fully yeah. costumed, right? Yeah, like <laughs> that's maybe, much easier. Maybe they could do it nowadays with like, I mean, you would have to do a full CGI replacement basically to to mm-hmm. make it work, and that that might be a bit expensive for a you know shot like that. If if they hadn't gone with the uh, the current movies that have the like. Uh, like Back to the Future Two style, like uh, it's loose and then zips onto you type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if they hadn't gone that route, maybe they could have done something like this. Um, that would have been quick, fun. Speaking yeah. of CGI replacements, Please that's do, a great yeah. segue to the other thing I want to point out <laughs> within the first 10 within seconds. the first seconds of this. Uh, you see Peter with the mask off, looking at MJ, and he starts to pull the mask on, and then the shot cuts to MJ, and then when it cuts back to the Spider-Man that's standing there, it is so clearly not Tobey Maguire, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like the person's not even lined up. Yeah, in the, the, same the spot. size like it, is different. The shoulders are much larger. <laughs> all of a sudden, and it's it's like he took a step forward, but yeah. we can't tell if he's like definitely there or if he might be like digitally inserted. Because when we're scrubbing, it just looked like he, he had grown three inches uh, in height. <laughs> yeah, you in, know, in, that's, the, in the space uh, of this cut to MJ's face. That I think that's actually kind of interesting to point out, and something that we've never really talked about is how much. Spider-Man doesn't really match Tobey Maguire most of the time, like the CGI <laughs> Spider-Man specifically. Yeah, um, like they it it doesn't it's not quite scaled properly. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I and I actually think it's a disservice to the movie because I think that when Tobey's just standing there in the costume, like he actually looks better in it than the way that they have the model in the CGI suit. Um, yeah, yeah, it goes it. swinging off. Right? I yeah, have, yeah. I think, I think he just, holds the costume better. Yeah, my the note I have is like I don't totally love the CG shot, but I do love this practical shot of Peter in the suit. Just that mm-hmm. with yeah. the sheepish grin and everything, getting ready to to leave. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is because I remember in the the first film they they tried to scale it pretty close to him and and Chris Daniels who are the same height at least, and um, like they have. The uh, behind-the-scenes book that Scott and I both have, they have one of those uh, side-by-side shots where they put the CG double next to the practical suit. And even though it's, you know, 2002 CGI, it it, it looks pretty close, at least in color and scale. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't move totally like a real person. But, you, you know, at a glance, 
you you would buy it. This because they've like made him taller, and like his neck is longer. I I just yeah, and the shoulders are are broader or or something. I I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna quite buy well, it. Like I said, it looks like you took a step closer to her. Yeah, or towards the camera or something. He's also so, he's also like Toby's a little more. I don't know, like sort of evenly proportioned, whereas like the the Spider-Man CG double is a little more Dorito shaped, which isn't <laughs> it's that's not it's that's not accurate to the the body shape that Toby Maguire has. He's he's a little more even. Um yeah. he's like generally like just like more slender. He doesn't look like he obviously works out, you know? Yeah, the mm-hmm. like I, I, I think some weightlifting people call it the big V yeah. on the back right. with like the, the trapezoids sticking out to the sides. Yeah. Create that V shape. Right, right. Um and so is this like is this a fully digital insert when it's got the mask on? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it looks like we weren't sure if there was a stunt person who like did a jump or you know, and got inserted like like a green screen or if this was just a CGI insert for the shot. Right. And you guys are, are Definitely more sensitive to these things. Well, yeah, we've been looking at the CGI Spideys for a while, and also the just the way the suits work. Um, if you have the reveal mask uh, like separate in your hands, you can't put that on and have it join the collar the way it does in this shot. So, like right. um, when you see him like finishing putting it on, that's an unbroken shot, and it's already CGI mm-hmm. because okay. there's no way to put the physical mask on and have it like connect right properly. yeah it, yeah yeah when it's when sense. it's a physical suit with the mask on it's like he goes into it through the bot through the the crotch right and then he goes all the way up into the head right it's through the the lower back lower so there's back. a zipper so if you i mean i don't know if people at home can do this but we have access to the minute right now if you look when he like turns to the side um the Going from his uh, under his arm down to the like belt part, and then around his lower back, there's like a big U shape zipper, mm-hmm. and so he sort of enters it through the lower back area. It's a very awkward process, but it, they do that so that there's no zipper. No yeah, there's no seam and there's no zipper breaking up the uh, spider decal on the back of the suit. Everything just looks really very clean right. that way. But there's no elegant way to <laughs> get into to it. Do it. Right. You won't look cool and, and when putting you, this and, on. And when it's a suit with the mask, he goes up through there all the way into the mask, right? Right. The right. mask is it's all one piece. Right. So it's not even like I get into the suit that way and you know, right. then I pop the mask on. Right. It's two separate suits. And even then it's like a it's like a like a like a one of those like uh scuba mask things, right? Because then they put the the helmet thing on top of that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a, a vacuum-formed uh, undershell that Toby puts on first. Then the fabric goes over that, and then when they get that to line up properly, then the ma- the lenses have magnets that clip in from the outside. Oh. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. I-, I love how much of this information you have at your fingertips. Yeah. This, this is why <laughs> good stuff. This is why movies by minute podcasts are so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They're like really big commentary tracks. Huge. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I know less about the symbiote though. I, that's just magic to me when that does its thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like what? Like the way it's moving, or yeah, the way it's moving, and like, like is the the lamp CGI too there, or or what? Or did like, they just like nudge it? Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems sure. very seamless to me, especially for 2007. When I see the symbiote in 
Or, or are we saying symbiote no. these days? <laughs> yeah. um, symbiote. Symbiote. Um, what do we see in, in this minute? It reminds me, I don't know if you guys ever saw Fern Gully. Um, oh, yeah. But it, it makes me think of like the, the sludge oil. villain yeah. Hexus. He was yeah. all like sludge and oil. And like when he was weak and small, like this movement reminds me of that where he's kind of like throwing You're out those totally small right. feelers. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's not as much like throwing it out over the top mm-hmm. in Fern Gully. But, like, that kind of reaching and pulling and dragging because it's all slime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of texture. That scorchy type of shooting out a tendril kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good reference yeah. point. We were talking about, like, the blob or, like, other things that are liquidy but feel like they're just, you know, soft and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that they have no substance to them. And how it's nice that the symbiote has... I don't even know how to phrase it anymore. I don't want to repeat myself, but he's, he's, it, it feels like a living thing. Yeah. It doesn't locomote like a, a thing I'm familiar with. So it feels creepy and alien. Right. But it also feels like it wouldn't just splash into nothingness if you threw something at it. Like it feels it has yes. structure to it. Right. Yeah, it. Yeah. It's got like almost like looking at it a lot of time. It seems like fibrous structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got like the strands yeah. have some sort of density to them. And then there's liquid on top of it, but the strands, like like a non-Newtonian fluid, you know, <laughs> yes. where like sometimes parts of it are solid and sometimes parts of it are, are extra squishy. It just, it's, it's very, very well designed. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not, it's not lazy the way that the symbiotes or symbiotes, I guess in this particular case, uh, <laughs> are in Venom. Like the Venom symbiotes are are uh, kind of lazily designed. They're just like, yeah, it's goop, CGI, yeah. um, and that's <laughs> it. And, and it just sort of like crawls across the ground. There's no locomote, like there's no m- like locomotion to it. It just it just happens like magic. It just slimes mm-hmm. across the ground and then just melts into its hosts um it, 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 but but for this one it seems like like there's some sort of intention of physics right with like how elastic it is so it like does something where with its elasticity it like leaves something stuck behind it and then it stretches and launches that out in front of it and pulls from that right and does that over and over Almost again like, like a, those like, like sticky a, hand things right yeah, and that's the, not that's like not the, the first time somebody's hand. made that connection either. Yeah, definitely um, the sticky hand thing for sure. But then it also has like this, uh, like a like a like almost like it's a like a conveyor belt kind of motion mm-hmm. to it as well, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like it's actually like sort of rolling, but it's rolling in like a really creepy manner that <laughs> makes it cause forces it to stretch out and pull. Um, it's just mm-hmm. it's real. It's cool. It's cool. It's really. Do cool you guys design. remember those like those RC cars where you could? Dr- they had like six wheels or something, but you could drive them and it could flip over completely. Yes. And then when it was on its underside, it could still drive. Yes. I vividly remember the commercials and desiring those. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you're like, oh my god, how? That's such a weird way of moving. Look at that. That's what this reminds me of. Yes. Just like with goop and limbs that like the under there's no underside or top side to it so when it moves forward it just keeps flipping over and over mm-hmm. like a creepy there's, um, there's also like there's things that are designed with wheels but to go upstairs and so it's got like three wheels next to each other and so oh. when it hits a stair mm-hmm. it like rolls up and rotates the entire thing so like each <laughs> wheel is on its own axis 
And then like these three wheels have an, a, a point in the middle of them all that mm-hmm. can lock. It, that, is, it, that is an axle as well. And so when you hit the stairs, it like rotates the pressure onto the next wheel and then Crazy. slides. And then you lift up and, and you clunk up the next one, but it's rotating these wheels each time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so none of those wheels is a primary wheel. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so with the symbiote or symbiote or whatever, or is it symbiont in Star Trek it's, with the Daxes? Is that the other word that gets mixed no, in it's, sometimes? It's, 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 it's symbiote. It's symbiote. With Venom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know why it's here in the scene for the audience and for the storytelling. It's like, oh, don't forget. There's this other right. you know, thing that we introduced earlier. What is it trying to do? Like, get the wedding ring. Why? <laughs> it's trying to get that, that engagement ring. It's like, I know something special's in that pocket. He's mine. <laughs> Maybe just Mrs. Peter. Like, it's it's crawling towards the window because it's like, what do you got? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's crawling buddy. towards the clothes. It's like, it still has a smell on it. <laughs> body wash still in here. I'll get you next time. Come back. <laughs> yeah, no, that is weird. Like, why? It could just wait until she left. <laughs> yeah, like, why is it moving <laughs> yes yeah like i think again like i completely understand structurally why we have it and it certainly works like you said for the the freeze when she turns back like all that works in the moment it's only when you're doing this like a minute at a time it's like what what is the symbiote from what really what's yeah. its motivation yeah i had not <laughs> right thought of now. that that is very bizarre <laughs> it's just like i don't know time to move time to do some <laughs> some exercise yeah, fell asleep. Tendrils. <laughs> One of my random pseudopods. Oh. Fell asleep. <laughs> it's gonna go put on its Jazzercise DVD and <laughs> not yet. That doesn't happen yet in the film. Work out while work out while uh... it, it works well, out. It while Peter's to... away. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, wait, I know where it's going. Wait, if it does like Jazzercise, that what does it? affect I, why, I know how where Peter it's acts going. later. It's going. It's going to the piano lessons because I, I was gonna say, is it is it gonna go downstairs and learn piano? Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah. It's got to. It's got to learn piano. It's got to learn dance. It's got to learn about fashion, hairstyles, skills. Yeah. Yeah. There's a salon downstairs, and like, okay, what's cool these days? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Dickovich runs a salon downstairs, <laughs> and that's why it has a bad sense of fashion. The TV, uh, the 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 TV repair uh, place, like went out of business because everybody's switching to flat screens, so he can't fix those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. When when did the big flat screen takeover happen? Right around now. Think? Right Ooh. around 2007. Yeah, like 2007. Yeah. 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 It sounds fair enough. That's about yeah. that's about 2008 is when I bought my first one. So So yeah, it must have been starting 2006ish when it was like really expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. probably even before, probably like 2005, I think would probably be like where like the plasma TVs were a thing. Um, yeah. and, then, and then LCD, I think, was introduced around 2007. Yeah, because I was working at Circuit City when this movie came out. So, yes. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. yeah. So, well, it would have been. was on the floor. Yeah, it would have been like LCD was like the new hot <laughs> thing. Recipes. Yeah. The, LCD was the new hot thing because it was 1080p, which you couldn't do mm-hmm. in plasma at the time. Plasma could only get as high as 720. Oh. And so 1080p, everyone was like losing their minds over. It was oh, like the, those pathetic days of your 720. <laughs> it was the it was the it was the 4K of its day, uh, and everyone was losing their minds. The ultra 4K. Yeah, yeah. Is that still what people should go with LCDs? Like no, no, no. L- LED new? is now the thing. Oh, LED. Oh, LED is oh, the okay. thing. Yeah. yeah. No more. No more liquid crystal display. No. Yeah. Get out of here, crystals. No. <laughs> we like them diodes. Okay. All right. <laughs> It's, it's yeah. good to know. File that away. 
Um, so now uh, we go we go to the. <laughs> Okay, so we go to the we go to the scene of the accident, and uh, two uh, police officers get out of their cars. Um, I, I think you'll find highway patrolmen. Yeah, that's the oh, thing. Oh. That's what I was going to point out. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to point out. Um, wh- what? Uh, what? Like, why? Are, what's highway patrol doing in the middle of Manhattan? Right, and why are they dressed like that? Um, like isn't highway patrol tan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Huh. Was that the only prop car they had available? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and surely they were like, no one will ever have a conversation about this. Don't worry. Just put it yeah. in there. You know <laughs> There's zero chance anyone will notice that it's it Highway by Patrol. It half a second. <laughs> well, you know. and then, like, the other question I was having, like, so Highway Patrol, wouldn't they typically have red and blue lights? Yes. But I only see red on this one. Yeah, red and white. So even... So, this one has ambulance lights. Yeah, like... Like, those lights don't look like any police lights I've ever seen. No. But, I mean, that might just be New York. Yeah. I don't know. That is bizarre. Um, I don't know. The, the only thing I do know <laughs> about this is the, the identity of the radio cop. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Which, I think he has a... Known del- actor. Known actor. Well, somewhat known. I just <laughs> think he has a delightful credit because later in the week we might run into some other cops with the crane disaster, so it can't just be crane disaster policeman. It was his official credit in this film is crane disaster radio policeman, which is <laughs> pretty the great. The one on the radio, you know, crane Got disaster it. radio policeman. I like you do. That's an official title. Um, so this is Andre B. Blake, and he is a uh, um, like a like a working character actor. He plays a lot of doctors and cops on. You know, everything from, like, Fringe to Gossip Girl, Law & Order, CSI. Everyone that needs doctors and cops. Yeah, you know, you know those doctor and cops shows. Um, some of his, <laughs> his latest things, uh, he was Mr. Jacobs in The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which oh, I... Oh, he had a name. Uh, it's always yeah. nice when you get a name there. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's getting up in the world there. Not a first and name, though. That's, no. that's what, the next it, level. It doesn't uh, <laughs> Stephen Tobolowsky on Tobolowsky Files, I think he talks about, yeah. like, doing bit parts. He's like, well, sometimes you're known just by your occupation, radio cop. Radio cop. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes you get, you get Mr. So-and-so, but when mm-hmm. you have a first name, you know you're there. <laughs> yeah. Um, On the call sheet. He also recently was uh, Dr. Oh, wait, I lost it. Uh, Dr. Cornbluth on The Good Cop, oh. which is not a TV show I know about, but I just like that with so many cops in his roster that he ended up on a show called The Good Cop. Uh, <laughs> don't know as if he's, a doctor. Yeah, as, as a doctor, but, you know, doctors and cops. Um, yeah, so, so uh, he is certainly using that radio to full effect in this sequence. <laughs> he is exposition boy for right now, uh, which I, I appreciate. I mean, um, if you can't hold up a card to the scene, to the screen, explaining yeah. exactly <laughs> what your character's thinking about, you have him yell into a radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we- and then we get like five more police cars and two ambulances, or not ambulances, fire trucks showing up. Oh, One yeah. of those police cars looks like a taxi. You know it. Uh, it's it's a yellow police car. That is bizarre. Yeah, it's got the like floodlight in the front and the. But otherwise, it looks like a taxi. It, it looks like it's. It looks like like the police light is one of those ones they like pull from the inside and and slap <laughs> on the top. So is it like a cop was undercover or a cop like jumped in and commandeered and they had that in their pocket? Yeah, you know the pocket light, uh, the most. <laughs> Handy. Okay, that, that scenario was was improbable. <laughs> yeah. You just always carry one on your belt in case you have to turn a civilian vehicle into a cop car. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Police car. 
yeah what was this day on set like with these weird police like that you had that many police cars to use in the scene but you only use the highway, highway patrol, patrol for the like close-up it almost what? feels like uh it almost feels like they had so many police cars that they used up all that they had available and so only the only thing they had left was one like from the from like that would be like for a period piece like a 40s or 50s <laughs> cop car yeah. And and so, oh. but then, and then they were like, "Well, we're gonna see all the other cop cars because they drive by, so we have to give those the real cop cars, and we'll have them get out of the 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 retro cop car because you're only gonna see the top of it." Little did they know, yeah, because you never see you never see the side, right? Little did they know, and they just didn't cover up. They've got <laughs> highway patrol uh, sticker on the windshield, and they've got these weird ass lights on the top. I mean, yeah, all you can really see is that there's like a blue stripe on the side. Yeah. Is there any chance this was filmed in Canada? Because looking it up, Edmonton, Ontario uses a taxi cab yellow paint scheme for their police cars. He's <laughs> oh. <laughs> just Googling this for us. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, uh, can no, you find really? out what their highway patrol car looks like? Because <laughs> we can see if, if the lights match up. Oh, boy. Yeah. They shot in... Uh, Los Angeles and uh, New York, and what was the third? For it was mostly for a Sandman scene later in the film. They had a third filming location. Okay, I'll get it right by then. By the time we're at that actual uh, scene, but it was like a, um, it was like a midwestern city. It wasn't uh, up in. I don't think they they shot any of this in Canada. Mm-mm. So it was just those three locations. Yeah, if, um, if they had shot any of this in Canada, it would be like a hundred million dollars less. So, um. <laughs> yeah, dang. <laughs> Um, okay, I just found a article, uh, Cities 101, the undercover yellow taxi cab NYPD cop car, oh. which some people okay. some people thought was a myth, uh, but that there do indeed exist undercover cop cars that are disguised with a taxi cab paint scheme. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Well, that's that one. What an odd thing to include, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, did they, like, were they getting cooperation from the police department? They're like, yeah, we'll send, we'll send a couple cars. Yeah. Hey, yeah. send one of the yellow ones. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We gotta, we have fun, don't we, on the force? So we try to, <laughs> try um, to liven it up a little bit when there's a crane accident. <laughs> yeah. So, so we get this crane accident, and I, what I love about this is like, these cops get called into this thing. And they show up and they look up and they're just like, there's not a damn nope. thing we can do about whatever this is. Like, <laughs> but let's get more people. Let's get more people. I don't know what any of us can do to stop this. Like, it's like this is way too big for us. Yeah, all we can do is, is wait is around for, for Spider-Man to show up and save the day because I oh, don't boy. know what we what else there is to do. Uh, yikes. Maybe when he like sees he, he how bad assessment. it is. Yeah, like that he... We need more cars to create a wider perimeter because, like, this is going to, there's going to be way more falling debris than we thought, or like the danger zone is bigger than we thought. Yeah. Like, we yeah. can't. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like, we can't fix the problem immediately, but like, right. Maybe we can keep people safer. Maybe. That, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, I, I just, why are they calling police to this? So like, just in general, it feels like a, not a police issue. Like, this feels like. Well, a job for Spider-Man, and like that's it. There, and there's some sort of other, like, emergency services, surely, yeah. for... Somebody threw for, up the yeah. spider know, Building emergencies. Um, yeah. Um, I, also, like, the, uh, the, the, the two, like, Radio Cop and his partner yes. get out mm. of their car, like, a block and a half away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're parked a block and a half away. Everyone else, like, drives straight past them. 
Well, that's where they had the best view, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, I can see it. <laughs> so so this guy, the, the crane operator, um, is it just me or does he not seem scared enough? Like, I understand that he's worried about this thing smashing into stuff and other buildings. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that he's that he's like nervous about that happening, but like I would be terrified for my life if this is what yeah. we're, if I'm this high up in this crane and mm-hmm. it is just out of control moving all over the place. Yeah, it it is bucking. I'm like I am going to die. Someone help me please. Like yeah. Yeah, I I just I'm not getting fear from this guy. I'm more getting like He's in project mode, yeah, you know? Like yeah. He's, he's like, we got to get this taken care of. He's like, come on, yeah, you idiots, it, it, fix um, this. <laughs> and, and it may be what you're describing about, like, just the performance right now. But when they do the cutaway scene to, to the crane, I don't get the sense of, like, height and danger. Like, life-threatening height is, is where he's at um, in this. And I don't know if it's just because we don't get a wide enough shot or what it is, but it just feels like an odd insert. Yeah, it's... It's interesting because so we we only have the like far away shot looking up at the crane right. right before we jump into the crane coverage, but the crane coverage never shows the the distance to the ground, I guess, and that that would I think mm-hmm. result in the feeling of you know height and whatnot uh, the 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 verticality at least, whereas we're only looking out horizontally towards where the beam is and back at the crane in this sequence. So right. this for all we know, he could be on a giant flat plane. <laughs> yeah, you know he's fine, and but he he is canonically on the edge of a building. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, like yeah. like two edges. He's at a corner <laughs> of a hard of to get not more a building of a skyscraper. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Ugh. He is like he is like uh, at least at least forty stories up. Yeah, it seems. It seems pretty high, and based on some other things we see later, I think it's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, pretty high up there. Poor guy. Um, um. So he's freaking out uh, about uh, them. T- he's asking people to turn off the generator, which apparently no one knows how to do, or is listening to him or something. I don't know. I don't know why no one is helping this poor man, but no one. I mean, also we don't see like any, when we do see the, the flat plane, we don't see anyone else on the roof. And I think generally a crane operator doesn't operate solo. No, I think there's going to be somebody like in the area, right? A spotter where like of, of, of like, yeah, of that, that anchor point of the crane. And so there's no one else. I don't see a pile of, um, I beams anywhere. No, so I don't know where yeah. he got that one. <laughs> it's just it was Dangle and I beam over the you know city of New York practice day. Yeah, and, for the crane operator. Well, and, I mean, it just brought one. <laughs> I don't think we actually see it in this one. So maybe I'll save my my other comments about how that I beam strapped in later. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, let you know a secret. It seems to be loosely at the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you look up who this crane operator was, Zach? I did, yeah. This is Timothy Patrick Quill, um, and he's one of the uh, one of our returning Raimi side characters. Oh. Uh, he was he was the blacksmith in Army of Darkness, uh, bar patron in The Quick and the Dead, um, and so we've we've run across him in the Spider Man universe actually twice already. Oh. So the crane operator here in the first Spider Man film was the guard at the wrestling arena, and then in Spider Man Two he was one of the train passengers when Doc Ock attacked the. Wait a second. So guard at wrestling, meaning like 
what's wrong with you? You let him get away. Um, no, that's that, the that security uh, oh. cop. He's the guard. Very different. Very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, oh, it might be him. I didn't look up his uh, the footage from that. Yeah, um, I think that I, 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 I think that is his voice. I think that's. I think that is him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm gonna yeah, listen to his voice. And... It's that same voice, right? Yeah. yeah. What the hell's the matter with you? You let him get away. Yeah. Turn it down to the generator. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. I'm listening he just doesn't have it. the mustache anymore. He had a mustache in the first film. Uh, yeah, that's him. That's him. That's hey, stop him. Yeah, stop no, that ev- guy. I see lots of fan theories about Bruce Campbell like being the shared universe guy, but obviously there's other candidates as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe this guy's Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> the first of a few, perhaps. Yeah. Um, he's he's got a vendetta against Spider-Man because Spider-Man let that guy get away. <laughs> He's been following that case very closely, just like our uh, friends at the Force. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. You know that open case file on the Parker murder from yeah. like four years ago? The carjacking. So, I'm sensing you're not a huge fan of that plot point. <laughs> well, <laughs> I get where they were, what they were aiming at. I'll say that for now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Let's see. Uh, we go into I mean, the, the photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I think most of the photo shoot happens tomorrow. Uh, it is just a hilarious intro to it. Because this is the only time we see, like, the photo shoot as without being wrecked. Like, the ideal version <laughs> of it. Like, <laughs> Which is, look how strong this copier it is. Someone can sit on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, like, there's the three hot girls on the copier. And then... <laughs> Like a sea of drones, like yeah, like desks full of guys in white shirts. Yeah, just like desk jockeys on Which, either side of them. I do want to say we're making fun, but <laughs> <laughs> look at some magazine spreads sometime. Um, it, it gets pretty ridiculous. I actually uh, this uh, reminded me a bit of a documentary uh, called "Killing Us Softly," which is about advertising oh, yeah. images of women and it's by uh, a woman named Jean Kilborn, and she mm-hmm. just like inundates you with the way women have been yelled used to sell everything under the sun from like mm-hmm. fishing line to office supplies you know just and, and the way that they're they're always like perched and poised over them and mm-hmm. so i see this and it's ridiculous but also not kinda, as ridiculous as i wish it was <laughs> you know believable yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know um also in the background of that uh, shot when we see everybody the building behind them that's the uh the building that you uh you go into at the beginning of the Activision Spider-Man game on PlayStation One back in the day. Oh. That like circular, oh. you know, it has that circular top to it. Yeah. That little hole that you run through. Mm. Yeah, this is, you know, silly connections here and there. In the Spider-Man <laughs> universe. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah. So you want to save the photographer for tomorrow? Sure, that's fine. Plus he's like he's Just- got a a bigger line, I think, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just like this is our second time seeing Gwen Stacy, right? Yes. Am I- yes. Uh, third, third time, right? Third, third? or second? We ha- saw her at school. Is that it? Is I it just at it. school? At oh, school yeah, and just now. At school. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is second. Yeah. So who is this Gwen Stacy? I think I think it's really a combination of kind of comic book well, Gwen was, and also comic book and yeah i was gonna i'm gonna we're, let's save that for tomorrow we're already past 30 <laughs> minutes and we've got right. plenty of Gwen to talk right, about no, tomorrow. we can use it we can use we that don't, yeah, right. yeah we don't have to talk about that now let's hold off um she's not going anywhere for a while uh yeah, she's perched on that copier yeah 
Um, all right. So let's see, uh, guys, uh, what, what t- tell, tell people about, uh, uh, where you come from. What's the show that you do protagonist podcast? What, 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 what's the deal? Yeah. So uh, on the dueling genre network here, I, I do, uh, I host the protagonist podcast and Andrew uh, produces it. He does all, a lot of the behind the scene editing, but he also jumps on pretty frequently, uh, in the discussions and on the protagonist podcast, each week we talk about a great character and a great story. Our mission statement is to talk about every great character period. Uh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, that's all. Yes. Yeah. So we're, we're about, getting close. We're about 250 episodes in. So we're Get, starting so close, starting to scratch the surface of this. <laughs> For the good ones, at least, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, no, it really, it really is a spectacular show with really a, a, a deep discussion and well, well researched. If you guys haven't tried it out, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. uh, where can people listen to that, guys? Well, you can go to doodlinggenre.com uh, to find it there or in your podcatcher app of choice. It's on, <laughs> on many of them, many of them, not all of them, because they keep putting out new ones that you've got to do weird subscription things to get your podcasts onto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so wherever you're listening to this one, go ahead and search for Protagonist Podcast and see if it's there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I definitely agree. I've guessed it a few times. Zach, have you guessed it on that show? I don't know. I think we... No, we. I think we've almost had you guest uh, a couple times, but it never has actually been oh, able to schedules. line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all good. Um, it's but you have a standing invitation. <laughs> Thanks. You're, yeah, you're we'll welcome, Mike. To, to come. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. We're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, check out uh, the protagonist podcast and all of the other podcasts, duelinggenre.com. And we will be back tomorrow with minute 34. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>